What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey, Glenn. Yes. Something amazing's happened. Go on, tell me. I found Jason Furman's phone number. No so way. We should ring him and see if we, we can should. buy some dog equipment off him. We've got to put this to rest once and for all. There's so many people harassing me about his website and you. So, yeah, let's ring this idiot. Ring him up. Okay, hang on a sec. It's ringing. I'm excited. Hello. Hey, Jason. Yes, Patricia. <laughs> I'm ringing to uh, try and buy some dog equipment off you. Yeah, what do you want? I don't know, some tugs, some leashes, some, some of that kind of stuff. Can I do that over the phone? No. Okay, Why let's would get, you do it over the phone? Mate, let's get down to the nitty-gritty in the business here. Have you got a website or not? Of course. What? Yeah, of course. I just didn't want to tell you buggers about it. You're an idiot. <laughs> so please tell us, what is your website? It is www.einzweck.com. E-I-N-Z-W-E-C-K.com. You heard it here, folks. Einzweckdogquip.com, where you can buy oh all God, your dog training equipment. It. Head over there right now and purchase yourself some tugs, leashes. What else do you sell, Jason? Uh, plenty of HS products. Uh, mm-hmm. Dog pull equipment, fire pour mills, anything any normal dog person would want. Wonderful. No head holders. No, no head, head holders. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, Cut Jason. Yes, Glenn. You're still a bullfed. Bye. Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in studio today by my co-host, Glenn Cook. Yes, just us again today. It's just us. Well, again, we've had uh, quite a few interviews lately. Yep. Had Melanie last week and we had... Tonks. Tonks before that. Mm -hmm. Jeez, didn't we get some great feedback from Tonks' episode? Yeah, I think because it was a different area that we don't really go into, we haven't really had a hunting, Mm. um, like pure hunting. You know, we had Pat Nolan talk about Retriever and that, but it's not real hunting. That's Mm. a competition. But yeah, Tonks is the first hunter that we've had on to talk about it. I was expecting it's, some. It's not real hunting. You, you've just insulted all the people. No, no, but it's it's for points and it's <laughs> yeah, a game. I know, I know what you mean. Where he's doing it as a biological threat. Yeah. 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 He's removing vermin species. Yeah. So it was yeah. cool. I think it probably opened us up to a different uh, network of people. And mm. I was a little bit worried about some negative feedback, but we certainly didn't get any of that. I mean, really, it shouldn't be based on negative feedback because all the people who are worried about wildlife preservation, I mean, that's effectively what he's doing. Yeah. He's so, removing species that are killing the wildlife that they're actually enjoying. Yeah, but I think and people understood that for sure. They must have because there wasn't any negative feedback. In fact, it was overwhelmingly the other way. It was all, yeah. all about support and appreciation for what he's doing. And as Greg pointed out, and as, as I've said to quite a few other people, he's the sort of guy who goes in and rescues joeys and sugar gliders and wombats and has them running around his house mm-hmm. so he's predominantly a conservationist and anyway i don't have to sell that for him we all know what he is yeah and then we had melanie benware on which was uh, which she is the current president of the iscp and talking iscp yeah that was good so we got some good feedback on that as well i'm not gonna lie i'm fairly excited about conference yeah me too yeah 
like I'm pretty excited about that whole trip. Like the fact that there's, yeah, the whole trip is going to be a blast. Yeah. You know, like hanging out in Canada with Emma and, yeah. you know, we've got the seminar there and then we're going over to PSA and hanging out yeah. with Jerry well, and Sean. Well, let's explain it. So it's our 10 flight journey that we Yeah, I know. Doing. Isn't so it crazy? We, we go to Canada and we're doing the three-day seminar together there. Yeah. Together in that we're presenting different things on different days. I feel like doing the same thing together, we'd have to practice some serious dance moves That's to, right. to be able to do it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing... Nipopo all theory the first day, mm-hmm. and then we'll do some practical work on that the second day yep. with the dogs that are there. Yep. Then you're going to do puppies, puppies that afternoon, and Emma's organized a bunch of puppies for you to yep. actually do hands-on stuff mm. and demonstrate and talk about puppy development, selection yep. development. Is that what you're Selection development, yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, I, mean, we're, I mean, you're setting up the future of your dogs with puppies. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's a... Uh, it's an element that people have got to take seriously. Whether it doesn't matter if you you haven't got a puppy now, you're going to get one in the future. If you're mm. a dog person, you're going to get another dog, and it predominantly tells people how to future proof their dogs. Yep. And then on the last day, you're doing scent work. Scent work. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And nose work, style, or nose, anything. Well, just well, any anything to do with scent. So we're going to talk about the problems related around scent work, scent contamination, and uh, setting up a better scent picture for their dogs. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to develop the whole picture. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if you're going into law enforcement or if you're doing it for practical work such as Noseworks or Barn Hunt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still falls uh, amongst the same disciplines and yep. doctrines. So we're doing that. Are we doing private lessons there? I can't remember. I don't think we've booked any in. Yeah. Anyway, because then we're out the next day or something. Anyway, and then I think we we've go got a day, day, day there. Day in Canada. A day in Canada. I bought a check shirt and uh, I've got a, a beaver uh, skin hat. No, it's a Blue Jays hat. Okay. It, yeah. So I'm I'm Canada up. I'm yep. ready. I'm Canada ready. Is it a red check shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Are oh, you another kind? Not for Canada. <laughs> I'll post a photo. I I, yeah. I, I got dressed the other day because if it's blue, it's it's Aussie, and then you'd have to have some Winnie Blue stuff yeah. done. So I have shirt. a blue one that I wear in Australia, but I've got a red oh, one yeah, yeah, for yeah. Canada. No, no. It's all no, about dress ups. Yeah, that's right. I'll post a photo. I, I I got dressed the other day, and I looked at myself, and I went, Canada. Ooh, Canada. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. So then going to Pennsylvania to hang out with Sean and Janet Edwards for a few days. Before. And Sean, just broken his foot. I know. Can you believe that? How bad does it look? It's pretty bad, bro. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. I wonder how he did it. Like, I know he did it at jiu-jitsu, but I don't know how he did it unless someone got him I know a toe exactly lock. how. Oh, tell me. Yeah, so he was performing a toe lock technique where he was using his toe to choke another man unconscious. He just uses the toe. He just uses the big toe and he kind of got tangled. He still put the man un- unconscious. The man still went to sleep, but in doing so, he fractured his own toe. Wow. Yeah. I made that up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds totally bullshit, but you oh, don't know the toe technique. No. Oh, Jay taught it to me while you weren't, right. you weren't, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> so I guess I know, I guess I'm better at the cult than you. Yeah. I'm better at jujitsu. You are. Well, considering Rip now outranks me. Yeah. Four yeah. stripes. Yeah. Oh, you got, no, three stripes on his belt. Yep. I'm yep. only a two-striper. The thing, I'll let you in a little secret with four-year-olds doing jiu-jitsu. Yep. Ten lessons, they get a stripe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I watch there when I go to the when I go to training, the kids are on before we are. Yeah. And all they do is oh, I mean, they do techniques. I mean, they roll with each other and so forth, but they spend most of the time running around playing poison ball. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, like there's people just piffing balls at them left, yeah. right, and center. I kind of laugh because I, I'd say the same thing. They do a in a 45-minute class, they do a 30-minute warm-up and then yep. they, they practice like a double leg, a single leg, like a sweep, and then that's it. And then they play this play poison game. ball. Yeah. Yep. But the other day, we were at this birthday party and he cracked the shits with his little buddy and put him on his ass in an instant. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and I was running over like, I'm so mad, but also so proud. Like, <laughs> congratulations. That was a really good move, but you're also not allowed to do that. 
but yeah, so he's he's um that that jujitsu is really coming along. We should probably talk about some dog stuff. Oh, yeah. so then we're with Sean and Janet. Yep. You're going to PSA um, judge. Yeah, you're going to continue your judging apprenticeship, apprenticeship yep. on at their trial. I'm mm-hmm. in a decoy. Yep. And we're just there for the Saturday. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Mm. And then we're out at like zero dark hundred before Flying. zero dark hundred yeah. to get to IACP. Yeah. And we land in like we're gonna have to trip through a dark house and yeah, grab all our stuff and run. Drive to the two airport. hours to the airport and then. Fly yeah. over to Colorado Springs. Yeah. Well, we land in. in I think we Denver. land in Vent, Denver. Yeah. yeah. In Denver, and then we need someone to pick us up from Denver and get us to Colorado Actually, Springs. Did we organise that? Did I someone? Think, I think people are fighting over picking us up at the moment. Oh well. Yeah. Maybe maybe you go with one. I'll go with the other. Well, it's, there's plenty of us to go around. That's it. Then ICP, where we are the official podcast, not just two Jonos inviting people back to their room no. like we were last year. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, come back to our room. We got microphones, I promise. Wasn't it random? We were doing it last year and then you'd hear people banging on the door and yeah. people were just walking in. Yeah. Well, what's good this year is we have a dedicated space yes. instead of it like yep. it being in your room and hearing people burping and fighting and opening beers <laughs> in the background. Not that that'll probably change. It'll, that'll probably still be happening. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. literally did happen. People were in the toilet and yeah. flushing the toilet. Like the editing for that was just crazy, getting yeah. rid of some of the shit that was going on there. Yeah. Mm. Um, and hopefully we'll be interviewing all the speakers, which should be super exciting. There's mm. some very interesting people. Absolutely. Um, Including our own Bertie yes. O'Sheedy. Bertie. Yep. O'Sheedy. Bertie O'Sheedy. Yeah. Uh, we need to get Bertie back on. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was talking to her about it the other day. Mm. She's got to come up with a topic. Well, I think uh, we should have Bertie regularly on the show. Like yeah. I think, uh, you know, like, at least once a quarter, mm-hmm. having her on doing something because well, actually, she's going to have to fill in for me because I'm you're going to be away. You're yeah, gonna I'm going to be away, Houston. Yeah, mm. for a couple of weeks. Yep. So, Bertie, if you're listening, yeah, you're, you're, you're you're our preferred co-host. You're getting called back up to the plate. That's it. So, yeah, then we're at ISCP, and then that's it. We're done. Come home. Yep. So it's a long trip. Yes. Yeah, it is a long trip. Hey, something exciting happened last night. I got to talk about it. Okay, go, Jazz past her third leg of the SR3. Wow. Yeah, so she clocked the whole sport. So she's done it. Done it. For the SR component anyway, there's still the drive events. Amazing. Um, Congratulations, Jazzy Jazz Pants. Yeah. Can you believe that shit? Yeah. So the- Super like, sweats. The the test that people read and say is unpassable- She's done well, it. She's passed it three times. Yeah. She's got the title. Wow. Like I was saying, Jazz, you got to understand what a fucking big deal that is. Like mm. that is a super hard test. There's- Dozens and dozens of people who flunk out on the level one spectacularly, including myself at one time. Yep. And she's gotten through, she smashed through two legs of the level two, like it was nothing. And then the same with the, the level three. Just Amazing. through it. And it's interesting. She sent me the videos because I did it in Melbourne while they're down there. It's a fucking hard test. But also what she did a lot of the way through it was very clever. Like, you know, there's distractions, right? And yep. so- Brentos was her distractor and he's walking around eating a bag of chips. And during the like Liberty period, he just happened to drop the bag of chips on the floor where the dog could go and like potentially get to them. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So Jazz casually strolls over, picks up the bag and starts eating them. Nice. <laughs> right? Nice. Like just like nice. little handler things like yep. that. Like, you know, that is. That's, that's totally gangster. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then. He sat down in a chair and was kind of calling the dog over to come sit in his lap. Fuck and, that Brentos. Yeah, fuck that guy, right? Can you believe that? <laughs> so Jazz went over and sat in his lap, yep. right? Blocking the dog yep. so the dog couldn't jump in his lap. Yep. Like that is genius. Yep. 
And that's what it takes. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's, mm. that's part of the gaming, the, the the sport. Yep. So anyway, massive congratulations to Jazz. Like literally the first person in the world to do, like it's an emerging sport, you know, and th- mm. those levels have only been around for a few months, but she's the first person to get through it. And like I might hazard a, a guess at saying she's probably going to be the only person for a fucking long time. I can't mm. imagine anybody else is going to manage to smash through. Well, it's relatively new and I mean, people are sort of, working their way around it. And, and I mean, Jazz has got laser focus when she's working on yeah. something. I mean, yeah. she just – we talk about heart and soul in this show a lot, and Jazz has got a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, she puts in 110% mm-hmm. on what she does. Yeah. Even the way she ran the seminar down here with Jay, like all the preparation, all the paperwork, it was probably one of the best managed and administrated seminars that I've been to for a long time. Yeah. Uh, she had everything ready, all the gear ready, all the timings were on time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's her army background and her discipline, but just her as a person anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's very, very well structured and set up like that. Yeah. And I guess of anything that you you guys do well in the army, it's, it's learning good routines. Yeah. Structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, structure. But, you know, I'm just super proud of her. And Absolutely. I think that for anybody listening – if you're interested in doing GRC and you want to get someone out to help with your club or run a like a little yes. seminar or whatever, she's the one. She yep. is the most successful competitor in that sport. In the world. Yes. There's no one, you know, like she's obviously been through the Nipopo schools. Like she's learned shit tons from Bart. Yep. She's sort of understudied me for a long time. She's, she, she's learned from Jay a lot. So she's fucking rounded, knows her shit. Yeah. But if you're interested in GRC, there, there literally isn't a person who has outperformed her in the sport, including Jay, the guy who made the sport, and including me who you tried know, to. <laughs> yeah, well she <laughs> she outperformed me. I mean I got this I got one leg of the, the two. I yep. tried for the one. I was the first person in the world to ever get the spring pole title. No yes. biggie. No yes. big deal. No, it is a big deal. And just so people are aware, just like in PSA, it turns out in GRC the dog has the titles, not the person and the dog team. Ah. So since my dog is gonna be in America, November, when they're having their, like, nationals. If anybody wants to just continue his, his journey on the spring pole, <laughs> let me know. Because he'll be available. Yeah. Yeah. And the mill, he only needs one. He'll win whatever well, You might be able to organise it while you're over there. Yeah. Well, I can't stay that long. So okay. I've made the call, pretty much made the D last night or this morning that I'm going to enter the PSA nationals. Wow. Yep. So I've got to start the ridiculous logistics train of all of that. He's mm. had his rabies vaccination. He's got his test back, so it's all good to go. He can re-enter Australia after the 20th of January. Um, How are you going to be with that little, poor little precious baby Remco? Yeah, I don't know. What's his full acronym? It's Sweet, like, precious, tiny little baby Remco. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we were doing a lot of thinking and deciding about this over the last couple of days because I'm kind of getting down to the wire where I have to book the flights. It, it, because I'm doing the I'm doing the seminar in Texas, so I still haven't booked my uh, my flights yet. So that's the last weekend. In- Josh Wiggins will be oh. losing his Wiggins. <laughs> no, he, mm. is. he is. Um, and you know, flights <laughs> are getting more expensive every day. So yep. they're like, okay, I've got to do this. Yeah. But then, what flights I book are relevant to whether I take the dog or not. Right. And so it's all like, logistics as well. Yeah. Mm. So then, last week I got the blood test back, saying like, "Yep, this is." Uh, when he can come back in. And so I'm like, okay, well now I have to decide. Like it was, I was almost half hoping that he, he the, the vaccination didn't take. And so then I was like, oh, well like that, that's over. Um, but now I have to decide. Now you're on the hook. Yeah. So yep. now we've got the, had the little pros and cons column. Yep. And funny to say, like, what are you going to do without him? Was that was actually one that I, I, I had in the cons. Oh, I will miss my precious little dog. 
But I'd managed to turn that into a pro because we can never go away or anything over Christmas because you guys are booked. I never book him in. And so it's always like, you know, what do I do with this dog? We can't go anywhere that's not dog friendly over Christmas. Yeah. We can never go away. So yeah, we're um, mad booked over Christmas. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to dump him on Sean and Sean can have him over Christmas. And it will be the first time fucking forever. forever that I've had no dog. Well, mm. I've got Valerie, but she can stay with anybody. That's not an issue. She'll stay with my parents. and I uh, actually hate going away at Christmas anyway, which is good for me because really? I, I hate it. I yeah, hate yeah. those crowds. I hate waiting in lines. Yeah. I'm impatient like that. I like to go away when all the kids are back at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For me, that's just bliss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to wait. I don't. There's no cues to go diving. You know, you don't miss out on a spot or anything like that. You just walk down to the boat and jump on and out you go. And yeah, you're, you're well, we're not going to go anywhere. But I mean, like just to go to a friend's place for a couple yeah, of days just or something like that. Not have to worry about the dog. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's all happening. Mm. Um, I've got to start the logistics train behind that. Be messaging people trying to figure out how the fuck I get my dog um, from Houston. By the time when I finish with that seminar, I then have to get him from Houston to New Jersey. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I'll drive. And then I looked at it. <laughs> it's, it's like a, driving from Melbourne to like Darwin. A, well, it's like a 25-hour drive. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll fly. And now I have to figure out how I'm going to do that. And mm. blah, blah, blah. There's a huge logistics train behind it all. Yep. And then that JRC. Who says dog sports aren't expensive? Oh, well, it's it's going to be uh, – the, the money involved is embarrassingly large. But mm. it's kind of a dream to do – have the opportunity this year. Yeah, you only might ever get to do it once in your that's lifetime, right. so it, why not? That's right. It's going to cost a, a huge amount of money. It's a huge dent, but I have the opportunity to do it this year. I may never have that opportunity again. Mm. There's a lot of stars that have to align. Like, you have to qualify for starters yep. when I may not qualify next year. Yeah. And you just don't know what's happening with life and work and blah, blah, blah. So yep. it's possible this year it's going to be very expensive and logistically difficult, mm. but I've decided, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Cool. Yeah, and it, it, it's a bit annoying that I'll be without Well, him. that is a cool story. Yeah, it is, yeah. Mm. If anybody, if there's any corporate sponsors out there that, yeah. want, <laughs> that want- Whisper room first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear a t-shirt with your logo on it. Yep. I was actually thinking, you know, at the Nationals, they have a walkout song. Yep. I was thinking about like raffling off or auctioning off, not raffling, auctioning the- Someone can choose my walkout song because I can imagine someone would choose something ridiculous and embarrassing. Yeah. And so- Well, just don't ask Jason Furman. Well, whoever's got the money can pony up. The the highest bidder gets to choose my walkout song. That might be a way of recovering (laughs) some of the cost. But yeah, so anyway, that that's happening. So Josh, calm down. I'll have the flights booked in the next couple of days. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this- Yep. A flight should be booked. I've got. If a- Jason Furman chose your walkout song, it'd be something like "What What in the Butt." <laughs> <laughs> well, don't look that up. If he pony ups, if he pony ups enough money, that's what it'll be. But yeah, so that's what's happening in my life. We should probably talk about some stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, which was the thread that was started on the forum. Yeah, so there was a cool post. Hang on, my Facebook's now going to here it is. So Kevin D White says, "Name one thing." you do that you tell your clients not to do. And I saw that post, like I got the notification. I I commented immediately and I've been sort of tracking some of the posts. And it's interesting. I think it's cool. Like, you know, most people that are listening to us, professional dog trainers or enthusiasts at the minimum. And I think it's an interesting thing that what people say versus what they do. And I read a lot of the the comments and I thought it'd be cool for us to talk about. I was the first comment and I know uh, myself, it's something I can talk about for sure, is that I wrote that, I tell people not to compare themselves to other people on Facebook. That's a good one. Yeah. That that really is a good one. Yeah. And Mm. I find myself doing that all the time, especially 
I have to make a conscious effort not to, especially when I get a dog for myself. Like I see other people doing great work and I can appreciate all of that, right? Like I can look at their great work and say, you know, you're doing a great job in that regard, but that's different to what I'm doing. Yep. But what I find difficult was there's numerous people I know and follow online that got puppies at the same time as me and yep. and was watching their journey with their puppy online and seeing what they post and how they post it and then comparing that to my own dog and where the trajectory he was on. Mm -hmm. And I just find myself, I found myself so many times getting frustrated at how little he could do because I was building power. And as I constantly, if you've ever been to a seminar I've taught, it's the thing I carry on about the most is building ignition and not bothering to teach the dog anything until the dog responds to its reinforces the way that you want. So it was a long time before my dog could do anything. Um, you, you know, on the show one day, I'm going to play Nipopo Bingo, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just sit there with a the checkbox going, tick, tick, got <laughs> it all. talked about ignition. Yeah. <laughs> but so for no, me, good, I was yeah. watching other people and their dog is, you know, their little puppy that is the same age as mine is healing at six months. Mm. And my dog does know, barely knows his name at six months, let alone healing. He's, he's, he's dragging me down the street. I haven't taught him a single thing. I remember when I had to teach you, I was starting to do sort of nose works and tracking and I was like, okay, well now to start the track, I need a down. So that was the first like actual monkey drill that I taught him because I was like, okay, well I need, that was the first thing that anybody would look at and go, okay, yep. he's taught the dog something. Everything else was shaping and, and building power in the dog. And for me, it was really difficult and very frustrating to be watching other people training their dog. And they're in a different system and they're on a different path. They're on a different trajectory and they want to do different things with their dog. So they're not right and I'm not wrong. There's something to say about that because sometimes I've seen people doing things with young puppies, like putting a lot of pressure on them very early, only to break them as adults. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's one of the things where I guess when you're comparing yourself to others and worrying about that, like the system that we're working in and you're working on predominantly is working on longevity of the dog. Mm. You know, like, as you said, building it's power. My build, dog. That's right. Building hope, building power and having it everlasting. So the dog carries that flame with him for the rest of his life. Like it only grows and grows and grows within the dog. Mm. Whereas other dogs, they get, and no insult to Michael Jackson, but it's like Michael Jackson syndrome where it's too much pressure as a little, as a young infant mm -hmm. child, Okay, only to as an adult have it detrimentally affect them. Yeah, and I've seen that with I in the early days when we were at ADT, there was a guy at one of our clubs, and he, you know, like he had a six month old Roddy who was doing four holding barks and releases and everything like that, and everyone was really impressed by it. But the pressure kept mounting and mounting and yeah. mounting on the dog, only as a two year old for him to for it to have a complete adverse effect on the dog. Yeah. And I was the same. I was very frustrated and jealous and everything like that. You know, like all those egotistical things started mm -hmm. to hit me in the feels. And I'm thinking, fuck, you know, like I've got someone who's going to outshine me because I was the golden child back then. And I'm thinking, you know, this is not fair. It's like, you know, they've got this awesome dog that's going to um, be the poster child. At two years old, that dog was just flat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you know. It doesn't always happen like that. No, no. So, but, but, you know, with that type of pre ongoing pressure, yeah, can. Some people are really good at managing puppies and never overpressing them and pushing yep. them to the limit of what they're ready for and, yes. and getting really impressive results. But you see this on Facebook all the time. And that's why I said, you know, that's, I tell people, don't compare yourself to people on Facebook because you're seeing, first of all, you're just seeing a snapshot. Yeah. But you're seeing a, a day that's gone right. Yeah. Mm. But also we see it so much as you see, Awesome little puppies doing loads of cool little things, but we seldom see that dog. Yeah. Right. We see the puppy 
and we seldom see videos of that same the old, puppy. The adult dog yeah. competing. Yeah. Which is why another reason why like my dog has his own Instagram. I think that that's can, the golden message of this yeah. this podcast, Pat, is don't compare yourself to others because yeah. it really is a shit show for anybody in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Whether it's beauty or dog training or fitness or whatever it is because it makes you fundamentally unhappy. Yeah. And like everybody's on everybody's on a different journey. Mm. Uh, and even yes. even Correct. if you're competing against somebody in the same sport at the same level, you've had tra- different trajectories, different paths together because you've got different dogs. And yep. your dogs came from different they're different breeds or different bloodlines or different uh, raising, you know, there's loads of different things that could go into it. So your journey to your sport is individual. And that's why I am really against methods. I don't want to like, this is not how I teach a dog to heal. There is no, you'll never catch me saying uh, for like a competition dog. Anyway, this is the technique to teach a dog to heal, or this yep. is the technique to teach a dog to sit. I don't have a technique. I, I, every dog is different. There's yep. principles and that's just behavioral science. Yep. Nothing changes about that. Mm. Um, but the actual way I'm going to do it is going to vary dog to dog and how long it's going to take is going to vary dog it to dog. It has to. Yeah. And I mm. think when you, you can probably have a great system that's fluid and fits 90% of dogs, but there's going to be that 10% that don't fit into it. And at yep. that point you have to be adaptable and, and you know, good trainers are, but for me to go back to my original point was observing other people on Facebook. It was really difficult for me then to be like, fuck, I want my dog to be able to do that. And then especially as a professional dog trainer and someone who talks a big game about their capability and skill doing it, to have a six month old dog that can't do shit. Yeah. <laughs> Under under a thing was problematic and and mm. difficult because people were like, "Hey, I thought you you thought you were going to you would you know achieve things with this dog," and here we are, nearly three years later, and I'm super happy with how everything's gone. I love the dog, and and we're Proofs on the really, pudding, right? Yeah, that's right, and it's mm. all worked. But it was for me very difficult, and and I am constantly telling my own clients not to compare themselves to videos they see on Facebook, especially you know no one puts up the bad footage, and and I tell you what you do see is people who put up the bad footage, you, you see like, here's the whole session uncut. Well, that's one of the best sessions I've ever had. I can fucking tell you that. When people go like, here it is, raw and unedited, that's because that version, they've got a hundred raw and unedited fucking sessions that they filmed. And the one they put up is the one where minimally things went wrong. Like that's where the best version of how it all went down. Mm. And to talk about this, like I put a video up of my dog on the mill getting on like super powerfully getting on, turning around, doing positions, running, getting off, doing all this kind of stuff. And I posted that and people were like, oh, holy shit. And then I realized like this was an unfair thing to do because I posted like a 50 second video of what was a seven minute training session. And so I put up next to it, I put up the video of where he flew off the back of the mill and then, you know, because he, and then the next one where he turned around and I told him the down as he was getting on and he then had to backpedal, backpedal, backpedal fast enough while he was in a down, couldn't do it, fell off, got frustrated at me and bit me and got back on. Right. Yep. So I posted that shit Yeah, he showed well. the mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's honesty in training. Yeah, yeah. And, but even me, there's days where it goes totally wrong and I'm like, Oh fuck, glad no one watched that. And so everybody is on their own journey. And I feel like when you compare yourself, like I watch other people's videos on Facebook or, or Instagram, whatever mm. I watch them. Yeah. I watch them I, too. I take from them what I can and I enjoy it. And I think, well, you're on the right track, yep. but you just don't know the circumstances that lead up to that. I mean, a couple of Facebook groups at the moment that are, you know, real precision based, like the down perfect and people compare about like, oh, the front was exactly correct. And like, I could give two shits about that stuff, right? Yep. Like I care that my dog does the behavior powerfully and 
under extreme conditions. That's what mm. I, that's for me, that's where I like my focus, whether the, the down is perfectly straight or fast, because mm. that's minute points, right? Holding like that's a half point or yeah. one point if the down is fast rather than a little bit slower, but holding the down is all your points. Yep. Right. So like I would rather a dog do the behavior powerfully and not as pretty, but do it with heart and soul and stay in the behavior in spite of whatever is trying to bring him out of the behavior yep. rather than do it beautifully and perfectly, but have a tenuous uh, hold on that behavior and that could be damaged in a heartbeat. Mm. Right. So for me, that's why I focus because you break the down, you lose all your down points, no matter how nice you went into it, they're gone. Whereas if they're, if it's not so pretty going in, but it holds, you're getting a lot more points than zero. So for me, that was what I wrote on there. Don't compare yourself to people on Facebook, despite me doing it all the time. And I, I try to tell my clients that all the time. You know, oh, I see. And even in real life, I've got clients, oh, look, I see these people walking two dogs. You know, they're having, they do it, no problem. And why can't, why are you insisting that I only train one of my dogs at a time? I'm like, well, because you have these two dogs. They have those two dogs. You have these two dogs. They're two fucking different sets of dogs. Like they need different, different attention. So yeah, that's my story. I got jacked up the other day from someone asking why I don't put videos of my dogs up online and why I do stupid tricks with my Frenchies and not show shit with Randy all the time. Mm. And I just said, give a fuck. It's my, it's, <laughs> I said, it's my personal, I said, my training routine is my outlet mm-hmm. and it, it's not always on show. I don't give a fuck about putting things online. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, sometimes I do. I said, if the moment catches me and I want to do it, but why do I have to fucking demonstrate what I do with my dog? Mm. I'm not really trying to attract customers and trying to sell my business. So I'm busy doing what I'm doing. So I actually got mad when the person told me what they were saying Mm. and deleted them because I just thought... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Fuck you. I want to live in an echo chamber. I don't want want any opinions different to mine. You know, like we had... We were having an ongoing argument and I just said... Like they were saying, oh, you know, it looks stupid what you're doing with your French bulldogs. Like why... You know, you've got a serious dog. Why aren't you showing images of that? And I said... But what do I have to for? Like, what does it mean to you? Like, what's it going to achieve? What's it going to get me? And they said, well, it just looks silly. You don't look like you're a serious competitor or that you take training seriously. And I thought, well, maybe to some people, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I was jacked at the time, I must admit. I was pretty flamed up, but fuck you, random person. Did you suddenly go out there and train your dog? No. (laughs) No, the younger me, the more egotistical me would have done it. Yeah. You know, like I would have beat my chest and gone crazy and just, look, I was dangerously obsessed with training when I was a younger guy mm. um, to the point where it caused problems in my marriage and everything because that's all I did. I just mm-hmm. trained, 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 trained. And it was a manic obsession and that's all I did. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't have holidays. All I did was train the dog and I hung out with training people and just talk training all the time. And I and I still love it and I still enjoy it, but I'm never going to be, I'm never going to get back to that point again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you don't, I mean, I know you love it and you're very enthusiastic and your passion is in it, but you're not crazy obsessed by it where you don't be a good father to your kid and, yeah. you know, be an attentive husband to your wife and things like that. Like I, all of those things, I wasn't doing that well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being a good friend. I wouldn't return phone calls to people because my only friends were my dog world friends. Mm-hmm. Where now I have a variation of life. I do things that I find also important and fit things in that make sense to me. And I mean, I love hanging out with Randy and doing random shit with him, but it's my personal time. Mm-hmm. So, fuck you. That's an interesting point, bring dude. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really, really. I was, well. yeah. Look, I was, I lost it. 
pretty intensely at the time because it was it became a trade-off of insults at the time. And I mean, and that's what I wouldn't recommend people do as well. If we're going to say, what would I tell my clients not to do? Okay. Mm. Something uh, that you just sort of touched on there, something I noticed and I've changed in myself is it's a weird one, right? In that for a long time, I wore the same sort of dog training clothes all the time. Something I've changed recently, only in the last sort of six months, is sort of changing the way for me, it was a psychological thing and yep. it was like, okay, like, no, I'm not training dogs at the moment, mm. right? Like I'm not hands on dogs. Like, and you know, I do loads of Skype calls at the moment and you know, if you want to do one of those, just jump on my website. Uh, I, I saw you, you wear a shirt and everything when you're- Yeah. yeah. Well, so I wear like just normal clothes, what I would normally wear. Like, you know- it, Like you have a more professional attire when you're doing yeah. your consulting. Well, and you know, for- most of my life, like that was when I wear normal clothes. That's like, that's what I wear. I don't mm. wear my like hard yakra or King G pants and my, my shirt, my dog training shirt. Mm. And for years I was just doing that. And then I realized I was never not working. Yep. I was always like in this work mode yep. where it's like, like, it's like the dog wearing a collar. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. Right. It was a yeah, conditioned, conditioned response. response. I was yep. always like in dog trainer mode and not in like, Hey, I'm at home with the family mode. Yep. And the big difference for me has actually been that uh, at the moment, because of this podcast and, you know, we're so, I am so lucky that uh, I have the opportunities I have now, but I get loads of, like, you can see my phone here in front of us is going off nonstop, mm. right? And it's people sending me videos and asking questions and that kind of thing. And I'm usually like, as much as I can, I get to those things, but things get buried. And I, I admit sometimes I miss people, right? Because, you know, I had a guy a while ago said, Hey, can I send you a video as I was boarding a plane? Yep. And I'm like, yeah, cool. No problem. Send it through. And I didn't get it before I put my phone on aircraft mode. And then when I get off the plane 16 hours later, it's like, I've got 40 messages mm. in that time. And his one that had been sent first is now 40 messages down. And I forgot at that point that he was sending me this video and I didn't critique, I didn't send back critique the video. <laughs> he got upset and I was like, mate, like, I'm sorry. Like I've that's fuck. I just forgot. Like, and it's buried. It's 40 messages in, in that time. Were but you so, charging him for it? He's a client. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. But so like, and you know, I'm happy to do that kind of stuff for people. But for me, like I realized and the, the clothes is just one thing of it. It's not a big deal, but it just mm. became like, I need to delineate work hours Yep. because we're in dog training. When you work for yourself, uh, you know, I don't work for anybody. I'm one man show other than this. And we do this together, but even then this is still dog training time. Yeah. Like I, I needed to set work hours is what I realized I needed to do mm. because what I, I found was I was with my friends and stuff and something I've really been concentrating on doing this year is being with the people that I'm with. You're being present. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, mm. you know, I have loads of friends all over the world and I enjoy to interact with them, yep. but it's not fair that I get, I give my attention to someone. In, Constantly looking at your phone. Yeah. When mm. I'm with people that I would rather be with, like while I'm physically present. So yeah. That's why even now when we're doing the podcast, I turn my phone upside down so it can't distract me and yeah. it's on the floor. Not, yeah, same. You know, because I'm it's just one over beep, there. beep, beep. And I mean, and it's that's when Australian time and then when I'm in bed at night, then America wakes up and then that starts again. Yeah. Well, so actually I've set myself work hours and I sort of put only put on my work clothes during those work hours. And yep. it's been really good for my own mental health. Like I'm very happy doing that. And I don't feel like I'm not Pat who is a dog trainer and constantly is wearing clothes that dogs slobber on. And then when I go, okay, I'm going to go train dogs. I put on those clothes and I go do that. And then I come home and I take those off and I put on other clothes. And it, it's not important. Like it's not that I'm trying to look fancy. It's just that I, it's a, 
it's a very physical cue in exactly the same way. It's perfect as you point out. Like I do this to puppies. When I get a puppy, I take the collar off. Okay. Now the restaurant is open. You're at work and I put the collar back on. Yep. Okay. No more hope. Like don't, don't get involved in that. Tick, tick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so for myself, I was now able to do the same thing, like where it's like, okay, like I'm on work time and I don't care. Like if I'm like, no, no, this is not work time. I, I've set my own hours. I have my own working hours and they're irregular because I'm dealing with people all over the world, but I'm not answering your questions while I'm hanging out with my kid. Like that ain't happening. And I'm not even going to read the messages. Yep. And then when it's work time, okay, I open the phone. I go, okay, like boom, boom, boom. I answer all these questions and mm. people, you know what? I haven't had a single person. So I've been really, I don't write back to people fast anymore, yep. right? But I haven't had a single person complain about it. I think mm. people understand. I think people are pretty good about that. And but and, and I don't mind. I'm not saying don't message me, people. I'm just saying that I may not get back to you. It might be fucking ages before I do. Like and and I'm working through the list when I get time. I open it up and I go, okay, like I'm I'm answering. Yeah. And I don't want to seem like a like a a douche. Yeah. Like mm. it's not like a you know. But we're just very fortunate. We have you know ten thousand people listening to the podcast around the world, and a lot of them want to ask questions. And it, we're fortunate. It's a, it's given me huge work opportunities, and I've had an amazing year traveling around. Uh, meeting people, talking to people, interacting with people. I saw a post this morning where someone asked, you know, what's the best seminar that that you've been to, and people commenting my name and talking about what a good time they had and saying they're going to be in Canada, which is amazing. Like it's very good. That warms the cockles of my heart. Like it does. I caught straight away, screenshot it, boom. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> and I show that to people for ages. Can't yep. afford that post to ever get deleted by accident. Here it yep. is. I'm going to show everyone. You know, so it's great, but you just got to have a work-life balance. And that's one way that I have found to do it. In extending what you were saying before, I think that's one of the predominant messages that I would give to people, clients, friends, family, you know, don't let something that's important kill something that's more important. Yeah. You know, like I, I think that there is a life outside of dog training. Dog training is important. It's fun, but it's not the only thing to life. Mm. You know, I think that what you've got to do is, is um, it's like kids who play video games all the time. They just get stuck in one mindset. You know, they be become so obsessed by a virtual world that they forget about the rest of the world. Mm. But, you know, dog training is a healthy sport. I mean, you do get out in wide open spaces. You get out in nature and you get to hang out with your dog. Uh, and it's nice when you can share that with friends and family that are dog orientated and do like that sort of thing. All I'm saying is it shouldn't just pass the threshold of being unhealthy. Mm. I guess that's the message in all the waffle that I've just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to talk about before. Sure. What I've done recently is changed my phone to that night shift mode. Oh yes. That is, that's, that's been life changing for me yeah. in the last week because so I don't get any notifications like yep. at nine 30, the blue light all comes out of my phone. It goes to this weird yellow color. So yep. it doesn't keep you awake. Yep. And, doesn't matter what you do. You could text me, call me, whatever. Uh, you can set phone numbers that come through that. So like Jane, if she calls me, then it'll ring. Yeah. But she's usually sitting right next to me. So that ain't, that's not a concern. That would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's been great. And so I don't get the notifications yep. and, and I get them in the morning and yeah, I get that's up. Perfect. Yeah. So Rip usually wakes up at like six. I get up at five and yep. I've got that hour to, to go through stuff. Like I've set that as a working hour for myself. Perfect. Like I, I re reply to all the things that came through during the night, yep. but I'm not up texting at two in the morning. Like mm. I found myself doing, you know, you get up to go to the bathroom and, and oh, I'll just check because I don't want to face that in the morning or whatever. Yeah. And I've cut that shit. Like I just don't. That and, just and, stimulate you and then you can't get back to sleep yeah, properly. It's broken. And yeah. But so now it's not like I can, doesn't even appear on my phone. Uh, yeah. Until at, till five o'clock when 
it, it, then I get all the notifications. But even so now, even if I try and cheat it myself and I'm like, oh, I'll just have a quick look or whatever, it, there's nothing there to see. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't produce anything. Mm. So it's been really good. I, I recommend that to people. If you're like me and you find that you're never switching off, you're constantly involved in one way or another. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the other ones that people have? Well, no, it's your turn now because you didn't comment. I did. Did you? Yeah. What did you say? I talked about not ruining your family life. No, on like that you tell clients. Okay. Well, in that aspect, if we're talking about an official dog related one. Yeah. Well, it says name one thing you do that you tell your clients not to do. Okay. Well, I tell people not to raise uh, pet people. I'm talking not Mm -hmm. sport people. I tell people not to raise the dog the same way I'm doing it Mm -hmm. because it's, it won't work for them. The way that what I will tolerate and what I will allow my dog to do is not effective in a family home. Mm-hmm. Effectively, Randy ran riot for 12 months. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't the dog that knew how to heal and sit and do all these fancy skills as a young puppy. He ran riot. I spent the time the same way you did, teaching him how to have mental and physical toughness to traverse items, to experience life, to get out there, to be bold and adventurous, to smash through things, which is I do encourage people to do all of that with their dog, but to a far lesser level. Mm -hmm. And I do encourage them to start teaching elementary skills with their dogs, like sitting and dropping and recalling and, you know, social walking, which is walking nicely on the lead, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The reason for that, as I've outlined before, is if they raise the dog the way I will, they'll have a wild dog in their hands and they won't keep it by the time it gets to 12 months. It'll Mm -hmm. be too wild. But I want that in my working dogs. I mean, even my French bulldogs, I let them do the same sort of thing. I mean, Opie's a sissy, but I mean, Ladybug's just wild. She loves crashing around in things, you know, like I'll take her out now into NDTF and she'll go bolting out there with a room full of 15 people, Mm -hmm. you know, scaling around the room, couldn't give a shit about anything that's going on. But that's the way I like to raise my dogs. Mm -hmm. I like them to be as bold and as adventurous as they possibly can. But as I said before, family home, that will that won't last. Yeah, you'll find instead of joy and celebration, you'll find tears and and definitely unhappiness with those type of dogs. Yeah. They'll rake the kids' backs. They'll jump all over the place. They'll just turn the place into mayhem. I mean, effectively, when Randy comes inside, he's just a bomb. You know, he is controllable. Don't get me wrong. I mean, mm. I paint Randy out like he's this cyclone of destruction. He's not. He is controllable and he does listen to me but he's just super exuberant all the time. Mm-hmm. And I created that. That's what I wanted him to be like. Mm-hmm. So for clients, dogs, no. Yeah. 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 I think that's kind of been the theme as you go through this whole post. Yeah. There's a few people. Do it, do as I say, don't do as I do. Yeah. yeah. And I think really what I liked about this post is that there's a few people sort of admitting that they use double commands and that kind of thing. But what I enjoyed was – analyzing the idea that when you know the reason for the rules, you know when it's okay to break those rules. So I feel like as dog trainers, we're constantly telling people, you must do this, you must do this, you must do this. Because for you to understand why you must do all these things I'm saying is literally years of study and and understanding. So I can't, there's no way you can fully understand why I'm saying do all these things, mm. but just do them. Well, you're surveying the public. I mean, that's yeah. your job. You're you're effectively gathering data on what's causing misery and mayhem in the in the average home. Yeah. And that's you know, that's predominantly ninety five percent of your clientele. Yeah. 
there's comments in here, people saying like, you know, I tell people to crate train their dogs, that the dogs must sleep in a crate. Meanwhile, my dog's tucked in the bed with me. And, <laughs> but it's fine because you know how to manage that. I feel yep. like it, and it's one of the reasons I had a really good mentor in the army that was obsessed with, not obsessed, but he forced us to do a lot of reading on regulations and he made me do, the, <laughs> let me tell you. So I did the most of like a Clark's employment whatever you call it, like the, the training. So I could perform all the duties of a, like your, your company clerk. Uh, and he made me do all that. And in a, in time when it was meant to be downtime and rest time, but, he, and I would never going to use those skills, but he's like, I need you to understand the process because as you pro- progress through the ranks, when you start allocating work to your clerks, you need to know how and why it takes them the time that it does. And he was, he was very good at uh, running range practices, like shooting scenarios and that kind of thing that were, to the edge of what is legal and yep. and to maximize the benefit from training. Yep. And he was like, you have to understand why all these procedures are in place. I don't, it's not good enough for you at your level to understand that there are procedures. Yep. You have to understand why every single one of them is in place. So you know, which ones you can break. Mm. Right. And I think like that's the, that's what comes down to most of us as dog trainers when we're giving, you know, very, specific advice to people. And I, I do the same thing. I give really specific advice to people. I encourage everybody to crate train their dog. And I talk about how the dogs like, like I sell the picture that it, sell the story. Everybody sells. Oh, the dog loves it in the crate. Look, it's his happy little Dan. My dog's probably in the crate right now. Knowing full <laughs> well, my dog's asleep on his back on the couch. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he doesn't mind the crate. It's not like it's the, he would much rather be on the couch, but he's very happy in the crate. And now with my dogs at the, my personal dogs at the level they're at, Val sleeps in Rip's room with him and Remy sleeps on the couch downstairs. Like they yep. can go wherever they want. They don't block the house off anywhere. They, they've, I've got a flap dog door. They can come and go as they want. Yep. It's taken, you know, she's five and he's nearly three. Like it's not. It's taken the time it's taken. Yeah. And and <laughs> when I get, when I have someone else's dog or I have a new dog into the system, that resets, that reboots the whole thing. Everybody goes back in their crates at night. Yep. Everybody is back to the rules as I would explain to the client because that dog has to learn the system. Yep. But what I have enjoyed reading this is just seeing people talking about like all the outrageous things, sleep with my dog, <laughs> so many, always be consistent. Then also me when my dog breaks place. Yeah. No worries, bun. You do you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lauren says that like it's, it's funny stuff. Right. But I feel like, the reason we get away with that is because we understand the the and the we're prepared why. to live with it. Yeah, and we're not going to destroy that dog for the tiniest reason. Yeah, that's the problem with when you're dealing with outside public is that the dog's life is on a hair's breadth sometimes. Yeah, well, so as I say, I feel like this whole post I've really enjoyed reading it. Mm. Um, is that and, and I recommend if you're not in the discussion group, we are the Canine Paradigm discussion group. Get in there. Answer the question, you jerks. There's one question barrier to entry. Hardly anybody answers it. Just answer it. Yeah. It's, what's the question? It's like, how did you hear about the podcast? How did you hear about the podcast? Yeah. It's not hard. Just, it's not. Just write something. Yeah. Because I actually have deleted people for not answering that question. Have you? Yes, I have. I do, sir. So. Yeah. No, I think, well, if I'm in one of those fuck you modes. <laughs> if someone's just asked you to post a video of Randy doing oh, some stuff. Oh, my God. That's when you just go in there and go on a deleting rampage. It wasn't the fact that they asked me to do it. It was their disdain through the comments that caused me to blow my top. Uh I just felt that the whole invasive questions was a bit perverse for my liking. Uh And I just felt a bit outraged by it, I've got to admit. Outraged. That doesn't happen often these days. I don't really let people 
push my buttons too much, but that did push my buttons. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it did. Yeah, it did. It it frustrated me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but as I was saying, what I think that that whole post, get in there and have a read of it. It could really be distilled down to another question would be. What are some of the things that you understand the why, not just the how, so you don't have to actually worry about the how because you understand the why and you mitigate that in another way? Mm. I feel like that is really what that whole thread, almost everybody in there that's secretly admitting to doing all these things, the reason that they get away with that and have well-trained, well-behaved dogs or dogs that fit their lifestyle perfectly or whatever, or maybe they don't, maybe they just got fucker dogs and they're like, yeah, I don't care. But- is because you understand there's a reason that we do this in every in dog training. There's a reason that we do everything. I'll tell you my reason because it's fun. No, but I mean like every technique, everything that oh, you do with a dog, okay, yeah, gotcha. everything that you do with a dog, every like the reason. There's the technique I have of loading a clicker. Yeah, there's an exact reason I do that. Yep, gotcha. And that's not gotcha, to gotcha. mean that it needs to be done exactly that way. Yeah, right. It means that if you can get to the same endpoint via any other technique, many then, roads lead to Rome. Yeah, then you're yep. good. And so. Truth be told, even I don't do it the way that I exactly teach people how to do it because I'm I'm working you, to you know how point. to skip you yeah. know how to skip the the, the yeah. routine sometimes that's right yeah. and so I feel like that whole post is just people talking about like oh yeah I, I let my dogs get away with this so mm. I had fun reading it yeah I had fun reading it got anything else that's pissing you off oh, that's yeah. pissing me off <laughs> not really I'm at peace with a lot of things at the moment which is yeah. quite good yeah, yeah. I am yeah this that one was. It was funny. I was not long listening to a podcast that Chad and Jay did together when they mm-hmm. came back on um, Chad's show, mm-hmm. um, something to bark about, and they were talking about people putting their their money where their mouth is, basically, and putting their videos up. And I kind of thought to myself, eh, maybe I should do the odd video here and there of just doing stuff. And I thought, why? Why now? Like it's people are going to see it and think, oh, that's odd. You know, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. And then I th- sort of relaxed from it. And then I got that message from that person and it just fired me right up. <laughs> I really got pissy about it. But yeah, I've settled down about it now. Okay. Yeah. You so wouldn't think so after no. hearing me talk. <laughs> because I'm just, I'm reliving the memory and I'm reliving the, the raw feeling of it all. But yeah. yeah, it did get me rolled at the time. Like, like I threw my phone on the floor and pranced around the house like an angry lion for a while and roared and went out and thought the audacity of it all. But anyway, now that I'm over my- But you've recovered. I've recovered. Yeah. I've got myself back in a Zen place. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What else is going on? What else have we got in that post? So there's an interesting one that people talk about in here is a recurring theme is letting dogs rush through thresholds, which is an interesting one, right? In that that's really a from- Oh, running through the front door. Yeah. I don't know why people are so bothered about it. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. I used to. It's a bit of a draconian law where Mm -hmm. people 20, 30 years ago, this whole dominance theory was, oh, don't let that. I mean, we talked about it in the Urban Myths episode. People were really getting antsy about that whole process of, oh, if you let your dog run through the door, it's going to dominate you. And then, you know, even in that one, you saying, well, you know, what about if it's an archway or, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and anything, does the dog walk along any sort of obstruction and think, oh my God, you know, that this is my chance to ruin your life and, mm. and take over and rule the world. I think that's, the more you look into that, the more ridiculous it just seems. I mean, yeah, the yeah. dog is just excited. It's just bad behavior. It's just bad manners. That's all it is. 
But if you don't care about it, it's nothing. It's just the dog excited to get back into its home. Yeah. That's all it is. The dog's thinking, oh, this is my place where my bed is, my toys are, my water is, reinforcements happen, good times happen there. Yeah. I play with you in the lounge room. You know, it's just thought projecting of things they enjoy doing. It's no different than when you are out for a period of time and you get home and you think, oh, I'm glad to be home. I can't wait to get inside. Mm. You know, and you get inside and throw your bag down and or your wallet down and whatever and you, you go and lay on the couch or mm. go and read your emails or go and do whatever you want to do, work out in your gym or whatever. You know, I mean, you're just excited to be back in your lair, so to speak. Mm. Why would a dog be any different when it gets back home? Yeah. So it's racing to get back in thinking, cool, you know, I'm back back to my place it's not thinking to itself you know like i'm going to plot world domination as soon as i get through that doorway in front of you yeah ridiculous but it is advice people give because it's a management tool and so you know like when people have an unruly dog that's all over the place then yeah. i i certainly have told them hey make him sit at that door or, or and it's not that you can do that i mean if yeah. i to say to him put your dog on lead and teach your dog proper loose leash walking yeah. techniques. Yeah, yeah. You know, teach your dog not to pull on the lead. Teach them that it's against the law to make that lead go tight. Yeah. But some people and some people and some dogs alike need better direction than that. Or not better direction, more focused direction. I don't that. have any argument with that whatsoever. Yeah. And you're right, because what you tell Mr. and Mrs. Smith to do with their dog is entirely different than what you'll let sports people do with yeah. their dogs. Well, but not even that, just the way the dog brain works. Like, you know, back to the box, you can tick that one on your list. Um, uh, bingo. <laughs> the, the, do, just speaking on that, do you know that I was going through the stats the other day, Bart, Larry, and then the box are the three most downloaded shows. Yeah. Yeah. Bart, yeah. Larry, Bart, in this order, Bart, Larry Crone, box. I almost want to delete that box episode. Well, we've done one in Patreon. We, yeah, but that's the thing. There's a better version it. in Patreon. Yeah, and because there's holes in that. There's holes in that show that I didn't think would people would interpret in a particular way. Yeah, but the like Patreon the dimensions of the box. Well, yeah, that. Mm. But the Patreon one, it makes up for the errors of the first. Yeah, not that I think that there's glaring errors in the first, but it some people interpreted things. Well, actually, this dovetails into what I was going to say is that a lot of people then say, "Well, I don't want to use the the." the washer in the box or the, the article and they get great results. I'm like, that's fine. Like some fat Labradors will keep their head in a box and that's, that's as specific a behavior as they're happy with. Yeah. But I've seen, and it's particularly Malinois or I've had this with Kelpies as well. Like that's not specific enough for me. Mm. Like keeping my head in a box is not a specific enough behavior. That is too loose a criteria and the dog yep. gets frustrated and bites the inside of the box. And then those same dogs, when you go, okay, like get the article, then the dog's like, okay, this is specific enough. Like yep. I'm happy with that. And that's what I mean. Like some people when, like for me, I don't want my dogs running out into the street and I can explain to people when you open the door, don't let your dog run out in the street. Mm. Like, and just have your dog wait politely to be told to go out or yep. not even politely. One of my dogs stands there barking at me furiously. That's hardly polite, but mm. she knows she can't just run out there without permission. But for some people, that's not clear enough instruction. So that that's when I find myself saying to people, okay, like your dog will sit right here, yep. right? You must do exactly this. Yep. And and for some dogs, they need that very clear instruction. And for some people, they need that they very do. clear They do. We all interpret things differently. And yeah. that's certainly one thing that I've found in 30 years of, of sitting in people's living rooms and listening to them or actually talking to them is that – the interpretation skills of some people are way off tangent than what you expected. Mm. And and that's not a bad thing. We're all different. We all interpret differently. Some people are very academic. Some people are more tactile. And you need to 
have that skill set as an instructor to say, who am I dealing with and what message do I really need to give this person to fulfill their needs? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I also teach people not to let their dogs jump on people, you know, like, but my dogs jump all over everybody. Yeah. Again, you're not dealing with dogs that you're going to cast away for what you think is obscene behavior. I manage that. Like someone knocking on my door is a marker to my dogs, is a command to my dogs. It means run outside as fast as you can. Yeah. Because every time that, like if they're chilling in the house, I know they're going to get excited by someone coming in. They're going to jump all over them and and do what they, they do. So if someone knocks on my door, both my dogs jump up from wherever they are and they run out the back door as fast as they can because that's an indicator that I'm then going to throw a handful of food outside yep. uh, and close the door. And then I go in and, hey, presto, no dogs are jumping on the visitor because the dogs are outside. Because you condition the behavior properly. Yeah, and yeah. I don't have to tell them to get outside. Now, I did tell them hundreds of times yep. to go outside. Yeah. But they now know that's fantastic. Someone at the door. You should put that on on video so people can see that and go, oh my God, it's magic. How get dare dis- you ask to see a video of my dogs <laughs> doing what they do? How dare you, sir? How dare you even infer? I'll get the fencing button ready. <laughs> How dare you even infer that I should fill my dog and train? Hang on, I've got a sad. Oh. So now we get to play the game of Diglin, bring up his new board and play with it. Um, that's my bingo. You know, I was in a, I'm in a bunch of positive only Facebook groups as well. And yep. someone asked, someone posted something recently like, hey, can anyone share a video of a aggressive dog being real rehabilitated via positive reinforcement only techniques? And I didn't know whether the guy was a troll. I don't know. But man, the responses were like, I wouldn't put my dog in a position to be filmed just to appease you. Like, so it was basically a list of people saying no. I don't have that footage. Yeah. <laughs> and getting outraged about it. And then the people that did post footage That's were funny, all- that sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> but, like my rant. <laughs> but the people that did post footage were not of them. It was like Dr. Sophia Yin doing it or something like that. So it's like, okay, okay, but he asked- But was it effective? Like, was their method- uh, well, the video that Sophia Yin has, yeah, like it's a, she's counter conditioning a dog that a little Jack Russell that uh, gets blown, like uh, hates air being blown on its face. And within the few minute video, she counter conditions it like super easy, right? It's hardly like a killer aggressive dog that is actually going to drag someone down the street, yeah. Uh, which is, I think, what the guy was asking for. Right. I don't know whether the guy was a troll or not. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it was interesting to see. Like the answer was no, like we, we can't demonstrate that, which is weird because there are people that do that. Mm. There is people who are, you know, balance, uh, force free, positive only, whatever that do deal in like extreme aggression cases and do totally rectify it, but their timelines are huge. Well, that, and that's the thing, right? And this is a, I guess this is a point that I've been trying to make for a while. You can be successful in a broad range of skill sets depending on your time frame. Yeah. You know, and and people have said to me before, look, I don't really want to correct my dog or use any punishment. I said, look, we'll just have to see how the dog responds with time then. Yeah. You know, and I said, because I can fix this a lot earlier if we work with some aversive techniques. Mm. And I said, it has to be what it has to be. And I said, but if this is the preferred technique for you, maybe I'm not the right trainer for you, but I said, if this is the way you want to go, you have to understand it's going to take you probably 10 times as long. Yeah. But- I mean, I've had clients that want to do that and I've just gone around and sat there and watched and, you know, given my two bits of advice and and tried to steer them in the right direction as best as I can. Sometimes we're making steady progress and sometimes we're not. Yeah. And I just say to them, you know, you're still fixated on this technique and mindset. And sometimes I say, yeah. And sometimes I'll say, well, you know, 
what alternatives can we explore? And I yeah. say, all right, let's get the toolbox out. Yeah, I've had – I'm in that position every week. Regularly. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, the area I live in, that's the type of people that are around and yeah. it's their bad use of positive reinforcement that got them into the exactly. position that they're in. And, you know, I have a whole speech that I give, like if it'll be very calculated and precise use of positive reinforcement and you're going to – the truth is this is not – least invasive or minimally aversive, we could fix this problem in a week because none of the dogs are that bad usually. They're not. I mean, the aggressive cases that I've been seeing lately have been sweethearts compared to some of the monsters that I've dealt with in the past. Yeah. And and I've let people know that without insulting their integrity too. Like people have brought me dogs, you know, and I've been, I've been getting a spate of Rottweilers lately and people have been bringing the dogs to me and saying, oh, you know, he's really aggressive. And I just say to them, to kind of appease them at the same time, but I also say, look, you know, your version of aggression – this is a, a toddler that's pinching people mm. compared to, you know, like some genuine monsters that I've had to deal with that are really genuinely trying to eat you. Yeah. It's still a problem and it's still, you know, a yeah, genuine a problem. problem. It still is a serious problem and I'm not downplaying it or insulting you. I'm just letting you know that on the scale of things, it's not as bad as you think and mm. it can be cured easier than some of the nasty sons of bitches that I've, I've had to deal with before. Yeah. Some people have kind of looked at me and like, oh, you're not taking me seriously. And I say, no, they haven't said that to me, but I can see it in their face. And I've Mm. said, no, I am taking you seriously. I know this is serious to you and I know this is a problem for you and I know this is causing mayhem in your life, but it isn't as bad as what you think it is. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It all just distills down to what success does the dog find in that behaviour. Yeah, Yeah, that's nice. That's That's all it is. That's that's all it is. What success does the dog find in that behaviour? Exactly. And, that's why, I, you know, when you're dealing, especially with reactivity, aggression cases, and it's like, just take away his ability to find success in it. Yeah. And the, the, the behavior will go away because he's no longer, he's not like, like, as you say, so few of the dogs, they're just not being selected for these days. There's just not, um, that are really bad motherfuckers that are yep. out there to fuck people up. Mm. They're scared. And yeah. so it's like, Hey, like, let's, let's. Most of the time, let's just address this indirectly. It's just a winning strategy that they've yeah. been playing on for a long period of time. Yeah, and so a lot of the time that force-free, positive-only techniques can work fine. Yep. It's just not going to be to the It's not as direct. Yeah. It's not going to work today, Yeah, but it, it can work over time. And in the before and after video, you might have a young dog, and in the after video, you might have a, a white face because he's gotten so old. <laughs> but, yep. but that's up to you and your delivery of uh, your timing and how consistent mm. you are and blah, 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 blah. I think that's bounced around a lot today. Yeah, I know. I think that's really one thing that does bother me as a professional trainer is that when you can see a technique that you know is going to liberate that dog very quickly and yet it will be prolonged by the indecisiveness or the owner feeling sorry for the dog. Mm. That's why the question I asked him, I said, what are you feeling sorry for? Like you want this behavior to go extinct as quickly as possible. Like that's what we're trying to do, force extinction on this behavior and yet you want to prolong it over a period of time and suffer it and then finally get to the decision, I don't think I want this dog anymore. And while this is happening, the problem for a lot of people is they start falling out of love with that dog. Yeah, That's the issue that I say is you're becoming accustomed to thinking this behavior is just not going to go away, but it's the selection criteria that you've set at that point in time that you're saying, well, you know, like let's just see if it works, where I'm saying to you, my method will work. It's tried and tested on thousands of dogs and I'm not playing games here I'm not fiddling with statistics I've literally worked I would say in in the landscape of thousands of dogs in these issues over periods of time Mm. and it's worked yeah it's worked 
to be honest, I've had clients that have preferred to see other other trainers or they've been, you know, trainer hopping around to see if, it, if somebody else is going to answer their question. And sometimes people resonate better with that client, mm. you know, and that's just, it's not a technique thing. It's simply a personality thing. Yeah. Sometimes people might not like my personality and might find comfort and solace in somebody else's kinder words or nicer face or whatever it is that they want at that point in time. It's not that I can't fix their dog because I can fix their dog. Because when people's dogs have come here for board and train or I've done private lessons with them, boom, the dog is changing its its mind straight away. Mm. And they'll say the silly thing to me, not the silly thing, let me retract that. They'll say a point to me like, oh my God, you know, like it's when you take the dog, it's so different. I said, yes, but here's the thing which Trainers around the world will echo to you in droves. You too can have this. You've just got to change your lifestyle, change Mm. your mannerism, change your approach to what you're doing. It's not magic. It's not the Wizard of Oz trickery that people are trying to make you think it is. It is achievable. You can have it. It's there for you. Yeah. Two things on that. I have a little speech I give to people about when I take the dog and it goes better. I sort of maintain their hope. I always say to people, hey, like me and the dog don't have a history, so I get to start at zero. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. Like I get, the, I'm a blank slate, he's a blank slate. Yeah. I am immediately reinforcing things that I like and yep. I am I am using pressure to push him out of behaviors I don't like. Yeah. So he, he understands me very, very quickly. Yeah. I'm the principal, your grandma. Yeah, that's it, right? Yep. And you have to work your, you have to work your way back to zero. It's yep. going to be multiple sessions before you even get to where I get to start. Yeah. And it's not because you're any better or worse than me at this. It's because you have a history the with history. the dog yep. and you have a, a reinforcement history, both positive and negative reinforcement. That's actually an intelligent approach. I like that. I'm a pretty intelligent guy. I don't know if you know. I've been working that out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. One thing I was thinking about, like I had a, a life-changing client a few years ago. Like I used to at the initial phone call, I used to say to people like, so, you know, like I am a balanced trainer because a lot of the work I was doing then was reactivity aggression stuff because I would get it from the vet. Like it yep. would be people who are at the vet and I've got a really good local vet and they were referring a lot of work to me. Uh, and then, you know, word spreads because someone's asshole dog down the park is suddenly yep. not the asshole dog anymore. And people yeah. will say, Hey, how did this happen? So that was the majority of my work was these reactive, aggressive dogs. Uh, and I had this whole spiel when I would answer the phone to people about like, hey, just so you know, like I'm a balanced trainer, like that's so we're not wasting each other's time because I'm not like this is the, the, the gamut of skills I'm turning up with. And if you're calling me, it sounds like you need that. And you've probably had other trainers and most people had at that point because I was often getting referrals like when people take their dog in to be behaviorally euthanized and the vet would say, well try this guy before we do that. Right. Mm. So I was quite staunch in that, that I was like, you called me like, these are the techniques I use. And I had someone once say to me like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep." And then I get there and obviously like I had just said a bunch of words that they had agreed to and not listened to (laughs) anything. And, and she said to me, basically she wasn't willing to use any uh, tools or pressure in any form and acknowledged to me that she knew that was what the dog needed and that that was, basically the circumstance that she'd put herself in, she'd created, but also told me like, didn't tell me why exactly, but said because of something that happened in the past, that wasn't going to happen. Yep. Like I'm, I'm just flat out not doing that. Yep. And can you help me otherwise? And that was the day for me. I was about to say like, nope, good luck. And I was looking at this dog and I was looking at her and I was like, fuck, this is a def- desperate situation. Like I have to, my, my template doesn't fit this. Yep. I have to change. And the dog is fine. She's fine. They're, they're fine because the, the dog wasn't that bad mm. to be honest, but it seemed a lot worse because she was reinforcing. And 
I was able to then say, okay, well, same spiel. Like we can do this via positive reinforcement only if mm. you want to, but our timeline is going to be completely different and you are going to have to commit to this perfectly. Like you have to really like, if we're only going to use positive reinforcement, we have to use it very effectively. We yep. have to use it for exactly the things that we want and be brutal to the dog actually in not giving any reinforcement for the things that we don't want. Mm. Right. Um, and so the day, like this dog's on that, like the, what do you call it? The nothing in life is free sort of program, right? Like you survive by doing ilf. Yeah. Mm. But you survive by doing the right thing. Yeah. This is not eating from a bowl. It's eating from your treat pouch. Yeah. All the time. But also like, you know, no more, coddling the dog and yep. she could come to terms with that. No she more could, freebies. Yeah. She could yep. come to terms with no longer coddling him, but she wasn't prepared to punish him and, and told me just, you know, uh, clearly there'd been some kind of abusive relationship in the past or whatever parent yep. or someone. And she was just like, I'm not doing that. I, yep. And I was like, okay, well, fuck, mm. like got to broaden the, the horizon a bit here, but because it did work, um, that's now I'm like, Hey, we got the gamut here. Like when we're balanced trainers because I can use all four quadrants. And yep. if you want me just to stick to one as much as possible, we can do that. That's mm. no problem. But you're here's the be- time frame and here's the payment cost. It's yeah. going to be, and, and it is what it is. Yeah. There was a lady that when I was living in Melbourne and predominantly running training full time, that was just my business running training full time. I met this lady down there. Well, I didn't meet her. She rang up one day and she spoke to me and I soon found out that she was very well to do. I mm-hmm. had a lot of money and for me, give a shit. I didn't, I couldn't give a shit if you've got $10 or, or $10 billion. Mm-hmm. I treat people the same. Mm-hmm. So she rang me up and I often tell people in the NDTF about this because I use it as one of the cases that I talk about. So she rang me and she said, Glenn, my name is such and such. I'd like you to come out to my home and discuss a consult with my dog. And I said, okay, can you tell me what's going on? And she gave me a, broad range of behaviors that the dog was doing. I said, yeah, yeah, we can fix that. And she said, now here's the thing. I'm going to tell you how to train the dog. (laughs) That's what she said on the phone. And I said, look, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. And I said, I'll come out there and I'll consult with you and I'll sit down with you and I'll have a look with the dog. And I said, but this is my specialty. And I said, I'll have a look at the dog. And I said, if I agree with you, yes, we'll do it that way. But I probably will find that a method that I think is better for the dog will work better. And she said, well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to have that. It was funny. It was, it was kind of an uncomfortable situation. She said, well, can you come out and have a look at the dog? And I said, well, am I going to get a say in this or is it going to be that I come out there and you tell me what to do? And she goes, well, yeah, that. And I said, well, I think we need to part directions. And uh, I said, no, I'm not coming out. And she said, well, that's ridiculous. She said, are you a professional or not? And I said, yes, that's why I'm sticking to my guns. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, what are we going to do about this situation? I said, look, there's a colleague of mine. He will happily take your money and appease whatever you want. And I said, I, however, unfortunately, I'm going to have to stick to my guns and say no. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And she proceeded to berate me for a little bit. (laughs) I just said, anyway, thank you very much. Have a good day. So I referred her to a colleague of mine. That lasted for about three months, I think. And then I finally get a call back from her, which I didn't expect. I absolutely didn't expect. And I I hadn't met her up until this stage. So she rings me again and she's chatting away with me and she says, okay, how about we meet halfway? (laughs) And I said, I'm prepared to do that. I'm prepared to do that. So I went out to her house and I must admit, I got a surprise in my life. She lived in Turak, which is a very affluent area. I went out there and I realized, holy shit, this woman's like, she's loaded. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm sitting in her living room and she's got 
butlers and maids and all the mm-hmm. people hanging around. And uh, she's chatting away to me. Then she sits down to me and goes, now that I've got you here, I'm going to tell you how to train the dog. <laughs> and I looked at the dog and I said, well, everything that you've said to me, the opposite needs to be done because this is the reason that you're in the situation with a dog. Yeah. And she said, well, I'm not going to have it. And I said, well, I'm not going to train your dog. Yeah. And she said, you've got to be kidding me. She's glared at me with these cobalt blue eyes yeah. and she's just glaring at me. And I said, I'm sorry, but this is not going to work. It's going to be waste of both of our times. Yeah. And I said, I can just prolong this. And she said, I don't care. Money's not an object. And I said, yeah, but I do care because I won't achieve the result that we, we, yeah, we yeah. need to achieve. And back then for me, it was all about integrity, integrity of getting the job done. Still is today. Like yeah, I was going to say, I'm back ch- then? Yeah, no, no. I'm just, ah, I'm I don't just, give a fuck anymore. No, I do. Okay, Got to get that money. <laughs> 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 whoop, whoop. <laughs> give me that <laughs> hot, wet, stinky cash. That's it. Yeah, just pass that greased up, sweaty palm with that <laughs> $50 note. Anyway, so we're sitting there in her lounge room and she's going to me, are you serious? Like you're going to, you're going to walk out on me? And I said, yeah. I said, meeting me halfway is listening to what I've got to say and at least considering what I'm going to do. And she said, no, no. And I said, why? What's the problem? And I think it was along the same lines of you of, of what you were talking about before. She'd had a history of somebody training the dog and the dog didn't like it and she got very upset. As rich and powerful as she was, I don't think she was having a happy life. Mm. I don't know. I never got that far involved in it, but... I just don't – I think that dog was everything to her. It was the only thing that she found solace in the world from. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very – Toto. Uh, well, she was a a very – like I said, very affluent person, made success in life. I think she'd had so many people saying yes to her that that was her escapism from everything. And so I left. She offered to pay me and I said no. I didn't even accept her money. I, it was more about – like I said, it was more about my integrity back then. Mm-hmm. And and that infuriated her even more, the mm-hmm. fact that I would not take her money mm-hmm. because she was used to buying people. So I walked out and, again, she called me back. And I said, we're going to do this properly this time. And I said, because this, this is absolutely the last time I'm coming back. And the only reason I actually went back there is because – she was actually friends with another client of mine over in the same area. Mm-hmm. And I only found out this through coincidence. And I said, because of this person, because of the connection you're having, I'll come back out there and do the lesson with her. So I sat down with her and she said, all right, I'm going to consider. And you could just, she was close to tears. And I said, this is not going to be as painful as you think it's going to be. And I said, I know you love this dog and I know you're worried about the welfare of this dog. And so am I. And I said, this is why I want to do it properly for you to fix this lesson. We fixed the dog in two lessons. Mm. Two lessons, the behavior was completely gone. And all it was is the dog was pissing on her expensive Italian couches. <laughs> That's it. But I fixed it in two lessons and the dog stopped it forevermore. Yeah, yeah. Now, she was willing to pay me just to come over there and, and hang out and be friends with the dogs. Yeah. And I said, I nearly named her, but I'm not going to. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm not going to do that. And I said, I'm not going to just keep milking you for money. And I said, I could. And she said, Glenn, money's not an issue for me. It's not a problem. And I said, I understand, but I'm not going to do it. I made so much money out of her from recommendations. Like she recommended me all over Melbourne. And I mean, I was just in money heaven for a period of time because all her friends that just were loaded and had excess cash were just booking me for crazy things to do with their dogs. Like I was walking people's dogs down the park and for like obscene amount of money back then. And I'm just thinking, this is fantastic. And all over a client that I was ready to walk out on. Mm -hmm. But 
it was just about getting that relationship set in stone. All right. I'm going to tell a story. Yep. Go on. I'm not sure whether this should be in the podcast. Okay. It's a rich people story. Yep. Maybe you'll cut this out. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of people have heard this story. I've told people individually. Yep. And they've said, you have to tell it on the podcast. I'm like, oh, I've never been an in, but this is the end. Yep. So I had, how can I tell it without make, making sure I don't, um, okay. So I and have the, the person or offend them. Yeah. Well, just, uh, had this client who uh, I was training the dog um, and they're fairly wealthy, live in a, a very affluent apartment block. Yep. And I was training the dog and the deal was I, I had a key and I was coming and going multiple times a day because the, the dog was a very small breed dog. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking right? about. Yep. And I was coming and going as I needed to because we couldn't do long sessions with the dog. And yep. they said, look, he, I gave him a fee and – I had a key and it was basically come and go work your own hours because blah, blah, blah. So I'm in and out of this building all the time. And I'm in the elevator one day and there's this woman who I've seen in the elevator and she says, <laughs> she says, what are you doing here? I said, oh, well, I'm the dog trainer. I, I'm training this dog. And she's like, mm-hmm. And uh, I see you here sometimes. When are you here? And I said, well, I come and go as I please. I, I'm here pretty much every day, Monday to Friday have been for the last few weeks and will be for the foreseeable future. I'm training the dog to do a specific thing. I come and go multiple times per day. And she looks at me and she says, so you're here every day, Monday to Friday, at irregular times, multiple times. I'm like, yes, that's that's what I do. I park in the loading zone. I'm sometimes only here for a few minutes. Right, okay. She says, do you have access to level six? I said, I don't know. Let me check. And I use my thing. I don't, right? She goes, okay, come with me. I'm like, do you have a dog? She says, no. Says, how much? Also, at one point in there, it's like, how much do you charge? I told her. She's like, okay, Hmm. come with me. So we go, and she says, what I need you to do is once a week come into this place, and there will be an envelope full of money waiting for you here on the little, you know, in the hallway, people have a little dresser table sort of thing. I just need you to take that envelope. And I was like, right, okay, that's weird. But, you know, I'm into weird shit, whatever. Yep. So she gives me the fob and all I have to do is go in. I didn't have the key to the house. The house was unlocked, but I had the, like, the elevator thing so I could get into this extremely secure building. So, <laughs> so the first day I'm going to go, she has a different time, different time every week. But once a week, you must come in and take that pile of money. All right? I'm like, okay, oh, I can do that. That's weird. So- the first time I'm going to do it, <laughs> I'm standing at this door and I'm terrified. I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea what I'm walking into here. I didn't see a dog at that place. Yep. Like I I don't know what carnage I'm walking into. Am I being set up for a murder? And what's happening here? So I open the door and I walk in and I take the money and there's nothing. There's no one home. And this went on for six weeks. <laughs> You get charged for breaking in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and so for six weeks, I go into this house at random times during the week and twice she was there and it was either the sixth or the seventh. I can't remember. And she's there and she walks up to me and she hands me the money and takes the key basically out of my hand and says, I don't need you to do this anymore. Don't come back. And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. So uh, <laughs> I then I'm training my dog in the house. The guy in the house, I'm sort of, my mind's elsewhere. And he goes, uh, what's wrong? And I said, oh, mate, 
I just got to tell you something because it's been really weird. I've been doing this thing in your building for the last few weeks and um, it's just really weird and I don't fully understand it. And I told him about it and he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll make up a name. He's like, ah, Marjorie, she's so gross. I can't believe she did that to you. And I was like, what? And he goes, She's got a fetish about being caught masturbating and oh. she's had you. She's like then like doesn't know when you're going to come. She's at any stage this guy could walk into her house and I never did. I never caught her. I just would walk in the house and take the money. But I was like the cheapest entertainment that she had because at any minute, Monday to Friday, nine to five, some guy could just walk into the house. And go, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So when you talk about being a dog trainer and the you haven't got a dog, but you've got a. (laughs) 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 Oh great! I don't know if you're going to leave all that. No, I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about it. I've uh, yeah. Look, I could tell you some stories off off air, and I think I have, but I'm not going to put them in the podcast. (laughs) So anyway, Mm. if you just heard a story that happened to me, and Mm. if if there's a giant piece missing. Because we decided that we shouldn't put that out. Yep. Anyway, we'll leave that that's, where it is. That's pretty Yeah. That's pretty out there. All right. Hey, let's wrap it up. Yep. That's it for another episode of the Canon Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe. Do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. Maybe just tell a friend. Mm. Notice that we haven't really been getting many reviews on iTunes, so fucking. Oh, that would get be a good it. thing, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are on our channel now. Like I think we've got nearly 3,000 people who are following us on Facebook. Oh, yeah. So it would be good to have, you know, just like a- Just give us a little bit of a review. Bit of, bit of love. Just you know, go, it's good, of, I like it. Bit of love would be great. Yeah, five yeah. stars. Yep. If you want to support the show, best way to do that is Patreon. Mm. Three bucks a month gets you an extra episode. Ten bucks gets you a live Q&A. Yep. But if you wanted to, you know, give us $10,000, that, that'd be totally fine. Whisper room, whisper yeah, room, whisper room. Glenn really, room. really wants that whisper room <laughs> so that you can't hear dogs barking in the background of a yep. training podcast. Yep. And if you want to get in contact with us, best way to do that is via email. We are info at thecanineparadigm.com. Let me just confess something to all of you while I'm doing this readout and telling you to email us. If you have emailed us and we haven't gotten back to you, that is because we currently have 297 unread emails. So (laughs) on the info? Yeah. Have a look. That little button there, that's 297 unread emails. Where am I looking? The email app because I use a different app for that email. Oh, some of them are just spam. Yeah, but yeah. there's 297 unread emails. So yep. if we if we don't get back to you, it's because we didn't see it. Yeah, it's 297 spams we have to delete. Yep. Anyway, that's it. Play cool. Play the music. You smile every time you hit that button. I know. <laughs>